0: Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It's Thursday, November the 5th, 2020. And Where
1: does this leave the Republican Party and Trump's supporters, his millions of supporters, if he loses?
2: You know, we have to see that when Trump is beaten, OK, he is going to look different when he is inevitable comes. He couldn't win, all right? he got beat he is going to suffer from a four to a five point loss in the electoral college they keep count go to david Wasserman's spreadsheet they counted in 2016 i think to to early december and as ballots coming in and the ballots that are coming in are going to overwhelmingly favor the democrats this election is not going to be particularly close people need to know that trump is going to get beat
1: All right, James Carville saying this election isn't going to be close. He's got champagne behind him ready to pop.
0: On this episode of The Politocrat, you just heard there from James Carville, a look at where we are the latest on the state of the count in the presidential election. Joe Biden and Donald Trump are having votes counted all across the country in the relevant places, the outstanding count, which remains as we focus, of course, on the states in question, that plus a couple of observations and some audio coming up next.
3: That's one, one bat, two, two bats, three, three fabulous
2: flyers, ah, ah, ah. What, nothing, nothing happened. Where's the confetti, where's the balloons, isn't three the number of the day? Uh, Oh, what, oh, we're not finished counting, ha, ha. Yes, Sasha, where were you, my pet? Oh, well, never mind, you're here now, let's keep going. We had three bats, and one more, Sasha, makes one, two, three, four, all together. Four beautiful buttes. I, I mean four beautiful bats. The number of the day is four. Ah, 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 ah. Ah, one, two, three. One, two, three. Uh, uh, no, one, two.
0: Yes, 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 the count, (laughs) the count continues. And that's where we are here on November 5th. The count continues as the votes continue to be counted in all of the important states that we are really waiting on. Look, every of the 50 are important, is important, but of course, where the bulk of the electoral college votes are that will make a difference in this election are in the six or seven states that are the eyes of the world right now. There is Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona. You've also got North Carolina. I think that's five. So maybe it's not six. Maybe it's just five. If I'm forgetting a state, I'm sure um, I will be told of it. But the, the issue is, is that, or the idea is, is that this is just going to take time. It's going to take time. It is going to take time. And once this is all said and done, Joe Biden is going to be the president-elect of the United States. It is something that not only am I confident about, but so are the people who are much closer to this than I am. The people who are much closer to the ground than I am, far closer to it. People like James Carville, who you heard from there to start off with. That was him talking this morning on the Stephanie Rule show on MSNBC. James Carville talked um, among beyond the audio you heard. He talked about the multiple texts and phone calls he gets from literally hundreds, dozens upon hundreds of uh, hundreds, and you know of the uh, officials who are down in these counties and in these states, whether it be Allegheny County in Pennsylvania, whether it be Philadelphia County in Pennsylvania, whether it be Fulton County in uh, Georgia, I mean, numbers of people he speaks to and obviously as a political operative and campaign strategist and a veteran one at that, James Carville, I think, would know what he is on about and it's just going to take a little time. Now, he was saying a few days ago that it would be sometime on Friday. He might well be Right. It could well be today, though, um, or very late today, where we find out that Joe Biden has crossed that threshold and has got to 270, I should say, more specifically. Because what we're waiting on are the votes in Pennsylvania to be counted and to be announced. The count's still going on there. The count continues on in Georgia, in various counties, and that's continuing to happen. There may be an announcement about that today in some way, shape or form. By the time you listen to this, maybe that announcement has already been made. And, you know, this is where we are. So this is the reality of things. People have to continue to be patient. I think the corporate news media coverage is, is what you'd expect it to be. They try to, ra- you know, ratchet up your anxiety level. They try to make you feel even more tense and more nervous and all of that. All the gesticulating and the hyperventilating and the, um, the eye-popping colors on a map that just kind of either bamboozle you or disorient you or cause you to fall into epileptic seizure or whatever it might be. I mean, these are serious things. I'm not trying to be glib or anything. Um, These are serious things. This is an overload for the senses. You know, it really is. It's a lot of stuff. doesn't matter how old or young you are. That is a lot of stuff. The music and people on Twitter have alluded to this. And I completely agree with them that the kinds of music that the corporate news media and cable TV networks play, when they are announcing a projection or announcing breaking news or announcing some uh, key race alert or update, that stuff is very stressful for the nerves, for the neuro, for the neurons, for neurons, you know, for the nervous system, it really is, the types of music that get played. And I'm sure you, you can find, I'm sure, a million studies on things like this. And it's not good for your nerves. It's not good for your disposition. And I'm someone who has a pretty damn strong disposition. But this stuff is not healthy for you is the point I'm trying to make. It's not healthy to have this this doomsday sounding music thrown at you every 15 seconds, thrown at you every time that there's a new alert. And usually a lot of these alerts are not really of any consequence I mean, I remember watching something last night and there was someone on and, and she had, to be fair, not had a lot of sleep. And she shouted out and said, oh, and then she realized that, oh, there was nothing new. It was just that she had been so tired and her phone must have flashed or something. And she just kind of really jumped up. And my, I jerked forward. My head just snapped back. And what's going on here? Because I was doing some things and I was like, what, what, what's happening here? Now, between being on the phone and doing a, a talking to people and i, I whoop, and i my head just snaps back, and it turns out that the reporter was saying, "Oh oh no, this is it's nothing, and that's the kind of state of heightened alert that we are in at the moment. you know we have these um these yahoos and these brown shirts and these uh Nazi people who are invading the entrance of a polling place in, you know, the Maricopa County area, the the Maricopa County uh, elections building in Arizona. It's just downright despicable. These Trump supporters, these Nazis is who they are, and they're invading the entrance. You have to get all these sheriffs to come out there and guard the entrance. The people who are counting the votes inside that building, all of their cars are out there on the street. I mean, this is just crazy stuff. And you'll hear, I'll play a piece of audio from um, a reporter, King King Law of CNN, and she talked about this. I mean, imagine that. The intimidation. These are people waving flags, American flags, with Trump's name on those flags, no less. (laughs) So you desecrate the American flag. And so you're waving this flag and you claim that you're this American who's proud of the country. And you're this Lee Greenwood singing fraud. And really, what you are is someone who hates America. You hate democracy. You hate decency. You hate the process of counting votes. Because your guy wants votes counted in Arizona, where it may help him, possibly where he's trailing, but doesn't want votes counted in Pennsylvania or in Georgia where it seems that Joe Biden, well, not seems, Joe Biden is gaining ground by the minute. The hypocrisy is disgusting. And the fact that you are 100, 200 of you, you want to talk about mobs, everybody, all these Trump ads that have referred to mobs, oh, jobs, not mobs. And the only mobs that are out here in America are these Trump Gestapo people. These fascists who are cult members, those are the only people who are mobs. You know, 200, 300 of them, you got them in Detroit standing outside accounting center there with their cabbage, you know, his cabbage patch kids riot. You know, let us in. You know, they all recreated the Brooks Brothers riot. And I would not be at all surprised if this were the brainchild of a Roger Stone and others in the Republican operative circles, the dirty Republicans who walk around with these strategies. You know, these are the people who are the ones who mislead and say the the election is going to be held on November 4th. These are the people who run around and say, uh, well, if you vote on these robocalls, well, if you vote, you're going to have your taxes uh, You know, something's going to happen to your debt, and we're going to come after your debt, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And these are all, of course, these are all targeted in black neighborhoods, you know, or brown neighborhoods. You know, all this misinformation and lies sent to Latinx voters, particularly in Florida. Oh, Joe Biden's a socialist. You know, these people just cannot let an election play out, and they cannot let a vote count play out. They just cannot do it. You've got people running around, oh, lawsuits, lawsuits, lawsuits. Well, you have a right to a lawsuit. You have a a right to a recount if it applies in the state and within the state rules and requirements. Fine. I'm not against you running around for a recount, but it's all bogus. The count's not finished yet. How would you be asking for a recount when the count is still going on? I mean, there's certain deadlines to certify in each of these states. That is well understood or is understood by some people. But in some of these, I mean, the count's still going on. And the certification is not going to happen for at least a week, maybe two. In some of these places, could you wait just a little bit? Before you jump the gun? I mean, suppose... It turns out that Joe Biden hasn't won Arizona. Then what are you going to do? I mean, look, the Associated Press, and I don't think they've ever got anything wrong, maybe once, had called this state, Arizona, for Joe Biden, two days ago. And Fox News, of all people, News organizations, I put that word, that first word there, news in quotes. Of all organizations, Fox News called Arizona for Biden before the AP did. According to someone that I know who has been paying attention to this really closely. I mean, I don't watch Fox. And that's why you had people out there shouting outside of the, the vote building, the county building in Maricopa County that Fox News sucks. They were shouting that over and over again, these Trump yahoos. No masks, many of them. They're armed. I mean, this is just really insane. I'm going to just let King La from CNN, who was on scene there last night, talk about this, because, I mean, I think she would be able to summarize this a whole lot better than I. Listen listen to listen to this from King La, CNN last night, Maricopa County, Arizona.
1: We don't know how they're going to leave, we frankly, as we look at some of the officers heading out that way to try to figure out what to do as law enforcement with this large crowd. And I should add that this is a
2: crowd that is armed. There are a number of people out there who have been seen with long guns, with
3: automatic, uh, semi-automatic rifles, because this is an open carry state. So. Uh, there are a lot of security concerns. Plus, so, so, Kyung, are they, PSA,
2: are they leaving? Are um, they, uh, Kyung, are they leaving now because of the risk, or is it closing time? And what does it mean about beginning the count again tomorrow from that location?
1: From what I can sort of piece together, because this was happening in the very, the, you know, few moments right before uh, I joined you here, um, this this work is going to continue.
0: Imagine that. You don't have to imagine it. It's here in America and it's been here for decades. This fascism, this pitchfork violent mentality that has led to the losses of so many lives, the taking of black life in this country, the taking of the lives of those white people who literally do fight and put their lives on the line. We've seen this. I've talked about it here recently. Viola Luizzo, I talked about Heather Heyer, I've talked about James Reeb, I've talked about all of these people and so many more, you know, Andrew Goodman and Michael Schwerner, um, John Brown. I mean, you can go back, right? Many, many decades and centuries, and a number of centuries, and the lives of black folk in this country, black people in this country, so many, countless, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, millions of black lives taken during the course of this this violent country that we live in. And you've got these people voting for Donald Trump and you heard there from Kyung La, you know, armed. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? You've got people counting votes in a building and literally within 100 yards of them on the other side of some glass are armed thugs stormtroopers Nazis waving American flags with Trump's name on them. I mean if that ain't a recreation of the brown shirt rallies and the Nuremberg rallies I don't know what the hell is I mean these people are just so vile they are indecent they are inhumane And they are absolutely despicable. These are people who don't have any value system. And they are lost. They want a cult. They want white life only in this country. That's what they want. And that is the truth. This election should never have been this close. And, you know, I'm going to play you some audio in a few minutes' time. But this election should never have been this close. And I know it's still going on. The count, rather, is going on. And ultimately, I'm telling you, Joe Biden is going to win this. But the point is, this election should never have been this close. What? And again, I'm going to go into this more once everything is, is done with this count but what this reveals the fact it's this close is that lots of white people lied to pollsters or the pollsters got it wrong again or and there's voter suppression going on which there definitely was I mean there's no question about that but I want to actually quote unquote shelve that for a second and I want to let you ponder this. I would like you, please, to ponder this. There was more voter turnout this time, record near record levels of it, of course. In the early voting, there was record levels. And around hundred and fifty thousand 150 million, rather, close to 150 million people voted, 140, 150 million people voted. And we'll find out, and that count will continue to go upward. So between 140 and 150 million people voted, which is a near 102 year record in the United States, something like that. And I could be slightly off on the the 100 number, but it's close. The point I'm making is that more people turned out and Donald Trump got 5 million more votes. Still. Still. Than he did last time. Now the Democratic person. In this case Joe Biden. Got more as well. Maybe about 6 million more. 7 million more votes. Whatever. But the point is. I'm looking at this. Trump 2016 versus Trump 2020. That's what I'm strictly looking at here. And you had more people voting for him. Even with the increased turnout. And I understand that. But this is knowing what you knew. There are a clear majority of people, specifically a clear majority of white voters, who voted for Donald Trump. And I said, again, I don't want to rehash it, but I'm going to say it one more time. I posed this question continuously on social media over a number of months. And I even did a podcast episode of it here. And you can go look that up, which came earlier this year here on the Politocrat podcast about what will white people do during this 2020 election this November? I, you can search that. You will find it. And again, I've been proven right. The majority of white voters voted for Donald Trump. Knowing what they knew. Knowing what you knew. Knowing that he's caused the deaths of over 240,000 people. He has blood on his hands knowing that he is responsible for the nearly 3,000 people in Puerto Rico who were killed in Hurricane Marina. And he did nothing, nothing to help them and only sent relief aid to them of any major consequence in terms of an aid bill economically. Only sent help to them about a month ago, conveniently before this election. knowing what he's done with health care, he's trying to get rid of health care for it. people who haven't, it, it, trying to get rid of Social Security, trying to get rid of Medicare, trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act, trying to get rid of the pre-existing conditions. There's going to be a court case in five days, argued before the Supreme Court, to get rid of the Affordable Care Act slash Obamacare. And people have taken their eye off that ball, because of course everybody now, is focused on the count, focused on this slow process, slow but careful and transparent process of getting these votes counted. You can't speed this up. And you cannot deny that once again, white voters, the majority of them, have proven me right once again. Knowing what you knew, knowing everything, the Muslim ban, you know, knowing everything, calling these African countries asshole countries, knowing everything, embarrassing the United States on the world stage, kissing up to Putin, trashing American intelligence agencies, threatening this, threatening that, getting rid of all these people, saying the most racist and misogynoirist things to black women. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And the majority of white people who voted, voted for that. They voted for that. They voted for the racist because that means they are. I'm sorry, you cannot tell me that you didn't vote for If you're white and you voted for Trump, That's specifically who I'm speaking to with this question, this line of inquiry. If you are white and you voted for Donald Trump, you're a racist. You are. You're a racist. You're a misogynist. And yeah, maybe you wear that with a badge of honor and pride. But it reveals who you are, though, when you vote for someone who wants to get rid of all these things to help people that are helping people and he's not cutting your taxes because I doubt that many of you who voted for him if it applies to anybody listening are making more than $400,000 a year I bet you that that is not the case so this isn't about economic anxiety this isn't this is about your racism and your hatred that you have not dealt with. And this is not about some special skill that Donald Trump has. Yeah, he knows how to manipulate the media and manipulate you and manipulate emotions. But that's not the reason why you voted for him. And people who say, oh, it's his brand. And you know, there's a woman, white woman, who said this on Kate Baldwin um, on CNN during a segment of Kate Baldwin's interview that she did that appeared on Erin Burnett's show. Oh, I voted, a white woman says she was a Democrat. Oh, I voted for his brand. Uh, I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. But I I think it's more than that. I don't believe that a voter just votes for someone's brand. And I know voters vote for all kinds of reasons. I've talked about this before. A lot of them not to do with issues there may be something more cosmetic or superficial i know i'm it looks like i'm looking down on someone but i'm not i'm really not i'm just trying to explain and contextualize what i think may be going on it's not just because of his brand and if and and because his brand is racist his brand is misogynist his brand is lies and thievery and exploiting people That is what Donald Trump's brand is. So what you are really saying is that you voted for a racist, a liar, a misogynist, a thief, and a crook. Oh, I I voted for his brand. No, you didn't. You didn't vote for his brand. You voted for his racism. You voted for his bigotry. That's what you voted for. There is always something deeper beneath the surface for any of us who vote. We vote one way or we vote another. We vote, in my case, for all of these issues that mean so much. Not just, you know, on any personal level, but for the country. For the country. All of these things mean something. And just because... I might have health care or you might have health care. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't vote for it to stay where it is and keep health care. There are some people who vote, oh, they vote health care and then they want to get rid of it for everybody else because they've got it. But I don't want you guys to get it. There's a lot of selfishness involved in voting for lots of people. Many people do not vote for the country. They vote for themselves and their families only. And I think that we have to challenge ourselves to be better than that. You vote for yourself and your family, yeah. But you also vote for the well-being of everybody, of the whole country. That's what makes a country work. That's what makes a country stronger. That's what makes a country healthier. But there is nothing healthy about voting for Donald Trump. And the majority of these white voters voted for him. I'm telling you. And we'll see these numbers hard and fast. They voted for him. And the corporate news media, instead of conveniently dealing with a story like that, instead of doing a story on that, they conveniently go to, oh, the black turnout. Do you remember In the in the run up to this election, even on election day and even after election day had ended, the final day of voting back on Tuesday, you heard these corporate news media reports. Oh, oh, there's a black turnout issue. And yeah, there's voter suppression involved in that. But. The turnout issue was not the issue. Black folk turned out in droves. They were being suppressed in many cases. Miami Dade, and they were being, their votes were being suppressed. The Postal Service played a big role in this. Come on, folks, connect the dots. Connect the dots. Will you please? Black folk voted in overwhelming numbers. Overwhelming numbers. And the vast majority of them voted for Joe Biden. The vast majority. All of this narrative in the corporate news media, and you're not going to confront the white voters, hold a mirror up to them, and have a report or a feature story on white voters and why these white voters voted for Donald Trump. Are you, You're not going to do anything about that? I mean, for days, oh whites without a college degree, whites without this, whites with that, and, you know, black people latinx you just group them in one friggin' monolith right oh black no blacks with degrees no black people with without you know no black people making this or making less than but with the white people that you poll or you talk about oh, blacks whites without college degrees whites with college degrees middle class look come on folks so you're differentiating white people But you're not differentiating black people and you're not differentiating Latinx. And that's racism right there, right on its face in the corporate news media. These news directors and producers, these are the folks, the architects of these broadcasts and and these articles that you see online in Bloomberg and all these places. Oh, black turnout. Ooh, Let's put the microscope on the 12% of the country and not the 70%. Yeah, let's look at the 12% over here and the... 18% Eighteen percent over there, and let's not look at the seventy percent of the country which is white people, and the majority of them who voted for Donald Trump. Let's not look at that. Let's not differentiate black people who are middle class, lower class, upper class. You know, leaner middle class, working class, not lower class, working class, upper class. Let's not differentiate them. Let's not differentiate Latina, Latinx. No, oh, they're just Latinx voters. Let's not take note of the fact that there's Venezuelans, there's Cubans, there's Puerto Ricans, there's Dominicanos. There's so many different groups of Latinx voters. But, we all, but you, all, you all out there in the corporate news media, you all lump them together. You lump them into one bucket and you don't differentiate them. You don't differentiate their economic status. It's a gross disservice and it's racist. It's a gross disservice. While you ignore, you completely ignore the fact that most of these white voters out here voted for Donald Trump. You know, it's all right for you to cover all the Black Lives Matter marches and the rallies and, oh, white people are joining these rallies. That's good, good, fine, fine. But you're not holding up a mirror when it really counts to examine and to get white people to examine themselves. That's the real reckoning. Give me a break. I'll be right back.
3: There is only one America, no democratic rivers, No Republican mountains, just this great land and all that's possible on it with a fresh start. Cures we can find, futures we can shape, work to reward, dignity to protect. There is so much we can do if we choose to take on problems and not each other and choose a president who brings out our best. Joe Biden doesn't need everyone in this country to always agree, just to agree we all love this country and go from there.
2: I'm Joe Biden and I approve this message.
3: We have to be clear. Donald Trump doesn't seem to like anybody. Uh, He may have a particular disdain for black people. He may have a particular disdain for for children at the border. But remember, this is a guy who left his own supporters out in the middle of a tarmac and hopped on a plane. There is nobody who Donald Trump likes. I don't even think he likes his kids. So the, the contrast that we're seeing here is that America, by the slightest of disturbing margins, decided they wanted to pick someone who doesn't actively dislike the people who gave him the job. I am disturbed by the fact that not enough Americans made that decision. I'm disturbed by the fact that you have large numbers of people who are like, yeah, a guy who leaves people out in the cold and quarter of a million people die of COVID and harasses women and everything else like that. I want a little bit more of that and I don't really know if I wanted the other guy. So this, this election actually shows me a lot of really disturbing things about this country racially, very disturbing things about this country from a gender standpoint. And I have to say this, because if Joe Biden becomes president of the United States And I hope that he does because he is not a dictator in the making and he seems to be a decent guy. I will immediately turn around my head and be excruciatingly critical of him because you cannot come into this White House with the idea that these people aren't the enemy. They are. The people chasing the Biden-Harris truck out of Texas, they are the enemies of democracy. The people right now attacking vote counters in Detroit, they are the enemy. Kyle Rittenhouse is the enemy. Mitch McConnell is the enemy. And if there's one thing that Democrats should have finally figured out in this campaign, you can't treat the Republican Party with kid gloves because they won't treat you that way. I hope Joe Biden just gave this speech to sound nice because everything isn't locked down yet. Maybe Senator Harris will have this idea should she become VP. But they have to go into this realizing they're in a war. The war for the soul of America will not end once he's inaugurated. And I hope he remembers that.
0: Welcome back. I mean, I, you heard you heard from him, Mr. Jason Johnson, there, who is a professor at Morgan State University in uh, Maryland, I believe, Baltimore in Maryland. I'm not sure, or it's in Maryland, Morgan State University, one of the great universities out here. And you you just heard from Jason Johnson, and that was him yesterday on MSNBC along along with uh, on the show of excuse me, Nicole Wallace. guess that's called what? Uh, Deadline White House? I mean, I, I record these things and, and clip audio from them because, um, you know, there's so much to cover. And it's important that you get to hear some of this stuff. It really is. Because this stuff does not make its way onto the evening news. These conversations, some of them which are decent conversations and good, many of the conversations as I track back through the the DVR or the the iPad or wherever to look to look at some of the stuff I've I've captured over the course of it, of a whole day is is not really helpful. <laughs> it's not. It's not helpful, um, or or is is uh, contextually irrelevant. I would say. Shall I say? But look, I mean, this is what the corporate news media does. It lets largely lets white people off the hook, and does not look at. Whiteness and the issues of whiteness and racism and systems of whiteness, and that's what that is, right? And that's what the corporate news media is designed—one of the re- is designed not to do, among many other things—is to not implicate the wealthy, who, of course, run the darn uh, news networks. Ninety-five percent of them owned by corporate corporates and by the right wing, by the way, because they own God knows what—ninety-seven percent of it. And these radio stations, every one of them has got some right winger on it. You know, that's the job of corporate news media. To deflect away from the system of, of systemic whiteness and institutionalized racism. And to deflect away from a white person's implication in that particular system. Let's be really honest here. That is what it is about. So let's just focus on that black voter who, oh, they didn't show up at the polls. Oh, their turnout was depressed. Give me a break. Black turnout was not depressed. Black turnout was robust. Black turnout was through the blooming roof. It truly was. And what's more than even that is that it is black people again, again, who are going to save your asses. Black folk, again, are going to save America's backside. Black women in particular, once again, as part of the electorate, the most loyal portion of the electorate ever, are going to save this country once again. And only got the right to vote 60 years ago, black women. 60 years ago, 1965, 55 blooming years ago. And they are the ones again throughout history prior to 65. But throughout history, black women. And I think it's about time we give a lot of respect to Stacey Abrams, the Fair Fight organization that she runs is going to be a reason why I think Joe Biden is going to win Georgia. Her efforts, tireless efforts, for years now she's been at this, her own race for governor of that state, how she narrowly was, well, she wasn't narrowly anything. She had that thing stolen from her. And her efforts have been extremely tireless. She has not stopped. And at the end of the day, it's going to be yet again black women who save the backside of this country. Black men also contributed, of course, they voted overwhelmingly for Joe Biden. This narrative, and I got caught up in it too, that there's going to be black men who are going to be voting for Trump. And yes, of course, some did. And it was right to talk about that. I'm not regretting that. Conversation. It's an important one actually. And it was really great to have that conversation with Dr. Avis a couple of weeks back. What I'm talking about is the media's narrative, as if it's going to be 50% of black men voting for this criminal in the White House. All these narratives, and it's all designed to evade responsibility, to evade the implication of those white people, of white people in a system that supports them, but is all about control and power. And they are the instrumentalities and participants in that system. And quite frankly, the enforcers of that system, whether they're doing it deliberately or not. These yahoos definitely know in Maricopa County, Arizona, That they are the enforcers, the violent enforcers with their bloomin' guns in an open carry state. So I'm gonna have an open carry state with freaking Yahoos with guns outside a vote counting facility. Are you kidding? Well, what could possibly go wrong? (laughs) But that is what I'm talking about. And the corporate news media plays a big role in that, giving Trump all this publicity. You know, not dealing with the issues of systemic racism. They just mention it like it's a buzzword, as they did all summer long, but never delved into it really. There were some exceptions, but most didn't. And here's an opportunity now. What bigger opportunity could you possibly have on this stage than right now in this decrepit year that we have had, that we have experienced, than to talk about? A majority of white voters voting for this racist, vile, criminal, genocidal psychopath. Posing with a baby who had lost two of its parents, both of its parents in El Paso, Texas last year, when that white terrorist murderer and Trump supporter murdered 26 people. Patrick, whatever Crucius, Crucis, or whatever the hell his name is, I just call him a terrorist. Is what he is—a mass murderer of mostly of brown people in El Paso. And then you got Donald Trump and the Slovenian ice queen standing there posing with this blimmin' baby, this baby who lost both his parents. They were hungering for a photo op. Nobody would take pictures with them. None of the shooting survivors of that Trump terrorist killer were willing to take photos and rightly so. Good for them. They got dignity and respect for themselves. So they're not willing to take a picture with this guy. So what do they do? They get this relative. They soft soap this relative of the orphan child. This baby who's less than six months old. And you've got These two COVID patients who spread virus posing with a baby. I mean, that is just who lost both its parents thanks to a gun-wielding, murdering, thug, terrorist Trump supporter who killed 26 people there or however many it was in El Paso, Texas in 2019 and had a blooming manifesto of uh, of Trump and how he supports him. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Oh, but that's okay. And you vote and you voted for him again, knowing that. And oh, the media, but we're not going to talk about the 70% and the majority of that 70% of people or the registered voters who voted for Donald Trump again. There's no excuse now, for sure. I mean, there was no excuse last time, for God's sakes. There certainly is no excuse right now. But you voted for him again. Those supporters, you voted for him again. Think about this. If it wasn't for black people in Milwaukee and in Detroit and in Atlanta and Philadelphia, I'm telling you, And if it wasn't for the Latinx community in parts of Arizona, in Nevada, Clark County, Las Vegas area, we're going to get to find out more about those counts as they change and they continue. But if it wasn't for those six or seven places and it wasn't for black people in those places or Latinx people in those places, Trump would be getting a second friggin' term. I'm telling you, it would have, this, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This guy would have got another stinking term. And it wouldn't have been just four years. It would have been eight, 12, 16, 20. He never would have left office. And I know nothing's finalized right now as I'm recording this speaking to you. But the facts are, that Joe Biden is going to be the president elect. And why do I say that? All the lawsuits that are flying around now, and he was look, Trump was throwing around lawsuits for the last few months, okay? But he's intensified that now. There are news stories about him being down and he's dead, despondent. The Trump team knows the end is near, but they don't want to admit it. I could I could put the audio up. I'm not gonna play the audio. I have put it on Twitter at the Popcorn R-E-E-L, however. But this is the situation that we find ourselves in, is that it's just going to take a little bit longer than even I thought. It might not be until Friday, as James Carville predicted. It might even be over the weekend when we find out. But I tell you, there's a possibility that we could find out sometime today about places like Georgia, or maybe tomorrow or Saturday when it comes to what's going on. But the bottom line is, and then the count and it goes back and forth, that's the anxiety part. But let me tell you, this is happening. Biden is closing the lead down for Trump in Pennsylvania and Georgia. It's happening. And we don't even have to worry about Arizona or Nevada or both of those. The fact is what this count comes down to is this. Joe Biden needs one more state to win. Literally, one more state, because if you do the projections according to the Associated Press and other organizations, and CNN and MSNBC have not done the projection for Arizona, but AP did two days ago, that's pretty bold. But I'm telling you, if you if you go with the projections of the Associated Press, who are normally second to none, you know, synchronon, they are really, really good. Um... If you, if you go to them, do their projection, Biden needs one more state. One more state will put him over the top. So that's what you got to think about right now. One more state. But it is just incredibly frightening to think that this election was even this close. Because it damn well was. And had it not been for the campaigning aggressively, had it not been, and I told you that vote early was going to be the key to winning this thing, that if we flooded the polls with our votes, if we flooded the system so that it overwhelmed things, I don't rooting for systemic overload, but you know, that's a lesson for us to strengthen our elections, which the Democratic House and Speaker Pelosi actually did only for Mitch McConnell, who won again in the Senate in his race, to block the election protection bills. Only for during the stimulus negotiations, Trump and Mnuchin said, no, Oh no, we we can't have and I played you the audio of this yesterday. Oh, we can't have uh, all this voting going on. It wasn't all this voting. It was about protecting and strengthening the system and the infrastructure of voting so that these counts would have been known by now. Oh, and by the way, can I remind you that Republicans in Pennsylvania are responsible for why it's going to take at least two more more days for us to find out who won in Pennsylvania? Can I remind you that Republicans who run the state legislature there declined to have a pre-election day vote count going on with the early votes? And that there were appeals from Democrats in the state and beyond the state to the Republican legislature. Look, please. And the Democratic state legislature said, Look, we've got to have this count go before Election Day. We've got to start having this early vote ballot be counted. And they said no, because they want to gum up the works, stir up the court of public opinion, get these Brooks Brothers and Cabbage Patch Kid riots. You know, these Cabbage Patch Kid dolls in the 1980s. You remember that? If you're of a certain age, you remember that. These parents tearing each other's hair out to fight for the last Cabbage Patch doll. Go and look that up on YouTube. I'm telling you, you'll have a ball. You'll have a gale time watching that video. Two parents fist fighting over a goddamn blummin' Cabbage Patch Kid doll. Come on now. Honestly, but that's what these Republicans did in Pennsylvania, the Republican state legislature. Again, a lesson is why you've got to vote in all these elections locally as well is because you've got Republicans controlling the state legislature in Pennsylvania. And they do all these dirty, underhanded things, including having COVID-19 in the case of two of their legislatures, legislators and not telling the Democrats. So two of them, I told you the story before. True story. Two Republican state legislators with COVID 19 this year, back in April or March or May or somewhere, this year, attended legislative sessions sitting right near and right by Democratic state legislators and their own colleagues for that matter. And they continued to spread their virus. And the Democrats weren't notified that these two people had COVID-19 and they shouldn't have even been in the meetings. And I told you, Brian Sims, one of the Democratic representatives, made this video. I played part of it to you. He was furious and rightly so. I mean, these people are vile, just like these people in Maricopa County in Arizona with their guns. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You don't want democracy you want autocracy, thuggery, dictatorship. That's what you want. You want one party rule. You want white male apartheid rule, patriarchy rule. That's what you want. These people, and there are women implicated in that too. This 99% white crowd standing there with guns. Blocking. I mean, it's just disgusting. You had barely enough sheriffs to, for, to cover it all. Uh, it's just so evil. And be not disillusioned by this truth. A, we're, we're, we're going to win, okay? Number one, we're not going to be disillusioned by this. And two, be aware that there are so many people in the world, in this country, who do think like Donald Trump, who did vote for him. Check your neighbors. Check your friends. Check your family members. Disown them. If it's easy for you to do. And even if it's not. Have that conversation with them. You know people like this in your family. I tell you. I know people who know. People like that. I know people. Who have people like this in their family. Who they cannot even speak to. And these stories about kids saying that they're going to disown their parents or telling their parents that they're going to disown them if they vote for Trump those are not blown out of proportion there is a percentage of people in the United States who are going through that right now who have gone through it I know at least three people who have told me about this whether in 2020 or in 2016, at least three, three that I can think of off the top of my head. So if I know three people, as a black person, I know three people who've gone through this, who are white, who've gone through this, or are going through it, then as a white person, if you're listening to this, you must know many more than three people. By the way, Joe Biden winning when he does win is not going to cure all of this. It's not. The media is going to have to be much more responsible. Social media is going to have to do a better job. But of course, you know, when you've got these rich, self-interested, profit motive interested, young white men and older white men who are just looking at a money vehicle rather than a moral vehicle or a humane vehicle. Then what do you expect's gonna happen? How do you think all these people descended upon Maricopa County's voting center? How do you think that got organized? Come on, Facebook. Come on. I mean, that's gotta happen, but that, that ain't gonna change unless there's some tighter rules and regulations in Congress. So look, that's the reality here, you know? There are a lot more of these people in your neighborhood and I'm not even trying to scare you. This is just the truth. There are a lot more people in your neighborhood or a few people in your neighborhood who think like this, who voted for this guy again. And if it's not for black people, if it's not for the Latinx people in the Latinx people in places like Arizona, in places like Nevada, I'm telling you, we could be looking, we could have been looking at another four years plus of this guy. That should frighten you. It should scare the living crap out of you. talk now about the status of the uh, Joe Biden um, count, if you will, the status of this race, and who better to talk about this, of course, than Jen O'Malley Dillon, who is the campaign manager for Joe Biden, who I think has done a very good job. Um, This was her earlier today talking about what's happening with the vote count and what the outlook is in the Biden camp.
1: And because he sees the same data we do and knows he is losing, Donald Trump continues to push a flailing strategy designed to prevent people's votes from being counted. What we're seeing on these legal suits are that they are meritless and nothing more than an attempt to distract and delay what is now inevitable. Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. Bob is gonna talk to you more about that legal strategy and what we're doing about it. But first, I wanna walk you through where we are in the states. So yesterday when we spoke, which feels like a longer time ago than it probably actually is, um, we went through a number of states with you. Um, So let's take you through those. So first of all, Wisconsin, uh, accounting is finished and the media has called that state for Joe Biden. Uh, We have won Wisconsin, We are carrying over a 20,000 vote margin there. We feel very good uh, about any path forward there with a big victory in Wisconsin uh, coming out yesterday. In Nevada, the vice president leads here by about 8,000 votes and our our data shows that we will win here. We expect counting to be finished and results announced today. We know that some of that data will come in at noon. That's our understanding noon Eastern time. Uh, And so we, like you, are gonna wait to see what that data puts forward. Um, We expect some bounce in the data throughout the day. It's possible that we might see some of the more rural and in-person votes coming in uh, at that noon window um, with other more favorable um, for us votes coming later in the day. So don't be surprised if we bounce. We're talking about you know, a small margin here to begin with, but we should see some ups and downs throughout the day, depending on the order of uh, the results coming through today. Um, but at the end of the day, when all the votes are counted, we are confident that we will be ahead in Nevada. Michigan, counting is finished, and the media has called that state for Joe Biden we have won Michigan, another significant victory for us coming in later yesterday afternoon. All right, so let's head to Pennsylvania. Um, The counting continues today. Uh, We expect it will continue throughout the day. Uh, There are more than 600,000 ballots outstanding. And after counting yesterday, We continue to see ourselves nearing parity with Donald Trump. So you've probably watched the ticker uh, on most of the networks, Uh, uh, the margin that Donald Trump is ahead. uh, We continue to close and we expect that gap to continue. Uh, We believe um, from our data that the majority of the outstanding ballots left are for the vice president and that at the end of the day, and let us hope it's the end of today, but at the end of the day, uh, we will win by a sizable number of votes in Pennsylvania. Um, But we need to make sure uh, that we continue the count there and that count is underway and we're gonna be patient and wait for it. Um, But our path forward is a path to victory in Pennsylvania. In Arizona, uh, already a number of media outlets have called Arizona for the vice president. We continue to feel confident about Arizona, and we believe uh, we have won there, um, though the counting has not uh, been finished. So we are waiting on uh, Arizona to continue to count. We saw some counts last night. There's going to be more today. Um, We do expect, similar to Nevada, that some of the margin will continue to close today as more data comes in. From our understanding of how the, the data is going to be reported, Um, We uh, believe that we will see uh, some more rural and other counties that might be less favorable to us coming in earlier. Um, Pima County, a county that is very favorable for the vice president, we understand, might not report until tomorrow. Uh, And Maricopa, which is the county where Phoenix is, Um, we know is likely to report at least some of their outstanding ballots, but not until later tonight. So the story of Arizona is one where Joe Biden is going to win, but it's going to take us uh, time uh, and patience as we go through uh, the counting. You might see, we would expect to see, uh, and, and we will see a tightening of that margin throughout the day. But more favorable data will be coming in this evening and even into tomorrow. Um, uh, so just be, be conscious of that and, and be calm, as you see that throughout the day. So let's talk about two other states that are uh, still out there and still in play, um, one that is getting a lot of attention and that we are also obviously very focused on. That would be Georgia. This race, as we said the last time we spoke, is a true toss-up. And uh, we are seeing uh, this, as of this morning, and I know the Secretary of State just had a press conference, um, uh, we are seeing us continuing to cut into the advantage that Donald Trump has. He is leading by about 18,000 votes, but there are a significant number of outstanding ballots um, that the Secretary of State just spoke to uh, that we expect to be coming in throughout the day. Some counties like Fulton County or Atlanta is counted through the night Um, But we have a very good sense of where the outstanding uh, ballots are, um, mostly coming from more Democratic-leaning areas, as well as from mail-in voters, uh, places where the Vice President has had significant support across the country. Um, So we uh, believe that Georgia, while continuing to be a toss-up, while continuing to be something that is going to be very, very close, at this stage, leans to the Vice President. Uh, And so keep an eye on Georgia throughout the day as we are, but I think um, we're heading on our path to close that 18,000 vote margin and uh, potentially overtake it. North Carolina, um, the final state to speak to today, this race continues to be very tight, Uh, no real changes in terms of updated data, um, but we're staying on top of what's coming in, uh, making sure that we have a very good sense of that and we'll provide updates uh, as we see throughout the day. So hopefully that gives you a sense of how we're approaching and thinking about the states. Uh, We are grateful to everyone who is doing the hard, hard work of counting votes in these states. Counting votes uh, and and counting every vote is a fundamental tenet of our democracy. Uh, And we are are so grateful for the hard work that's being done, Uh, as we said, with people counting overnight and day after day, um, keep at it, but doing a great job. And we're grateful that work. Um, this is happening, You know, this is what's happening right now. This is how we are looking at the morning. Uh, I think the story of today is going to be a very positive story uh, for the vice president, but also one uh, where folks are gonna need to stay patient and stay calm. The counting is happening, it's going to take time. We need to allow it to get done and done well. Uh, and we're very confident whatever happens uh, with the counting and the timing, we will come out ahead. We are absolutely confident that Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. Uh, And we are equally confident that we're gonna be able to watch uh, the counting throughout the day and and into tomorrow to finalize these last states that are gonna put us over the top to 217.
0: So there you have it. The optimism continues in the Biden camp. Uh, Jenna O'Malley, Dylan there talking about what's happening. Um, I would play you Bob Bauer, um, but it's the, uh, not trying to say anything negative here. He essentially reiterated um, the legal battles that are going on. Um, you know, obviously there is uh, something called the uh, the Biden Fight Fund, which is a fund that I think you can find on Twitter or at his website, just to give money to these legal efforts that are being waged. And I've already told you I'm involved in in uh, in this as well. Um, joining a team of attorneys who are looking into things and dealing with these frivolous, quite frankly, a lot of these things are frivolous challenges from the Trump organization and the GOP. I mean, it's, it's, it's really the Trump campaign, rather. Um, it's frivolous stuff, a lot of this, and it's all designed to tie up the courts, to put doubt on the election and the certification and delay it. So that there's this crisis, so that they're trying, what they're trying to do is engineer a crisis in the Constitution. That's what I think they're trying to do. That um, this count, when it gets done, is going to show that Biden is going to be winning. And, and as you've heard, um, he, he's going to have at least 280 plus. And in fact, uh, Jenna Maddie Dillon said this yesterday, and I think I played it uh, in yesterday's episode that his count is expected to go well north of 280 electoral college votes. And I think that's going to happen as well. Now, I initially predicted over 385 at least. What did I know? He's not going to get to 385. I don't think mathematically he can at this point. Um, He's way, way away from that. But I think he will get into close to the 300s, 280 plus. and, And that will be very, it will be difficult for even these people in the Trump uh, campaign, who I've just told you um, earlier, uh, media reports described as down and 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 um, you know, you know, looking at Georgia as Donald Trump's chance, last chance he could be in the White House or in the outhouse. Well, he's going to be in the outhouse once this Georgia count is finished with. I'm telling you, um, he's only he's only Biden at the time I'm recording this is only down by. He's down by less than 20,000 votes. And he continues to gain ground. So, the, and once once Georgia is... Georgia is going to be the thing that puts Biden over the top. Once Georgia is counted, if you're looking at the 264 electoral college votes that AP has and USA Today has for Biden, rather than the 253 that you probably see on CBS, CNN or MSNBC or CBS or any of these places... If you look at the 264 and you add Georgia when Biden takes Georgia, and I think he will, you that brings you 280. That's 10 over what is needed. Plus not to mention that all the other four or five states still are yet to be finished counting. So that's what really is, is going on there. And Bob Bauer, you know, was talking about these legal challenges. And yeah, that's what is. this is all about now. Public opinion. It's a repeat of 2000, you know, where you had the Brooks Brothers riot. And you can go look that up. And I've talked about this before. And there's a documentary called 537 Votes, 537 Votes, which can be found on HBO Max um, and HBO. But HBO Max, which is a streaming service. And it talks about this. I mean, it's incredible. It talks about this. Exactly what you're seeing now. And 2000 was a forerunner to what you're seeing now. Tie up the courts, do your PR spin, get your goons and hooligans and uh, bust in Republican operatives and others or pay them to instigate this riot atmosphere to be rioters, get them in Maricopa County, organize them on Facebook and do all this stuff. I mean, that's what this is. To create this feeling in the public that there's this discontent then there's obviously a small group of people making lots of loud noise. Noise coming out of their backside, but noise nonetheless. Stinking up the joint with their ugliness and their hatred of the country and of themselves and of you. So, I mean, that's really what's happening with, with all of this. Yesterday, by the way, Joe Biden uh, gave a speech um, and you know what? It was a speech that was presidential.
2: I uh, am here to make a a brief statement and I'm sure we'll have more to say later and either tonight or tomorrow. But let me begin by thanking the press for being here and, and thanking everyone else. My fellow Americans yesterday once again proved that democracy is the heartbeat of this nation just has has been the heartbeat of this nation for two centuries and uh even in the face of pandemic more americans voted this election than ever before in american history over 150 million people cast their votes i think that's just extraordinary and if we had any doubts we shouldn't have any longer about a government of, by, and for the people. It's very much alive, very much alive in America. Here, the people rule. Power can't be taken or asserted. It flows from the people. And it's their will that determines who will be the president of the United States and their will alone. And now, after a long night of counting... It's clear that we're winning enough states to reach 270 electoral votes needed to win the presidency. I'm not here to declare that we've won, but I am here to report when the count is finished, we believe we will be the winners. With all the votes counted, we have won Wisconsin by 20,000 votes, virtually the same margin that President Trump won that state four years ago. In Michigan, we lead by over 35,000 votes, and it's growing. A substantially bigger margin than President Trump won Michigan in 2016. Michigan will complete its vote soon, maybe as early as today. And I feel very good about Pennsylvania. Virtually all the remaining ballots to be counted were cast by mail. And we've been winning 78 percent of the votes by mail in Pennsylvania. We've flipped Arizona and the second district of Nebraska. Of special significance to me is that we've won with the majority of the American people, and every indication is that that majority will grow. We have a popular vote lead of nearly three million votes. And every indication is that will grow as well. Indeed, Senator Harris and I are on track to win more votes than any ticket in the history of this country that ever won the presidency and vice presidency. Over 70 million votes. I'm very proud of our campaign. Only three presidential campaigns in the past have defeated an incumbent president. When it's finished, God willing, we'll be the fourth. This is a major achievement. This is a major achievement. And it's been a long and difficult campaign. But it's been a more difficult time for our country. A hard time. We've had hard campaigns before. We've faced hard times before. So once this election is finalized and behind us, It'll be time for us to do what we've always done as Americans. To put the harsh rhetoric of the campaign behind us. To lower the temperature. To see each other again. To listen to one another. To to hear each other again. And respect and care for one another. To unite. To heal. To come together as a nation. I know this won't be easy. I'm not naive. Neither of us are. I know how deep and hard the opposing views are in our country on so many things. But I also know this as well. To make progress, we have to stop treating our opponents as enemies. We are not enemies. What brings us together as Americans is so much stronger than anything that can tear us apart. So let me be clear. I, we are campaigning as a Democrat. But I will govern as an American president. The the presidency itself is not a partisan institution. It's the one office in this nation that represents everyone. And it demands a duty of care for all Americans. That is precisely what I will do. I will work as hard for those who didn't vote for me as I will for those who did vote for me. Now, every vote must be counted. No one's going to take our democracy away from us. Not now, not ever. America's come too far. America's fought too many battles. America's endured too much. to ever let that happen. We, the people will not be silenced. We, the people, will not be bullied. We, the people, will not surrender. My friends, I'm confident we'll emerge victorious. But this will not be my victory alone or our victory alone. It will be a victory for the American people, for our democracy, for America. And there will be no blue states and red states When we win, just the United States of America. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you.
0: Now that's what a president sounds like, right? That is a president. Someone who's not talking about himself. Someone who's talking about leading. Someone who isn't even talking about leading. He is leading. He's leading. Not just in this count. And not just in the electoral college. And not just in the popular vote, I might add. He is leading. Because he is trying to calm a fractured country. And not only that. He is offering optimism and hope. And these aren't just empty slogans. I mean, he really is doing things that the current occupant of the White House never cared to even try to do. And the grand realization here is that Joe Biden is going to be the next president of the United States. The votes are being counted. The key things here are two words, patience and faith. Now, look, um, I'm not trying to be religious I'm not a religious person I am Christian Uh, I do uh, believe in a higher power Um, and I do believe that there is such a thing as the Lord works in mysterious ways I do believe that um, uh, I'm not a person who thumps the Bible I know a few passages of the Bible but I am not someone who you know is um you know the traditional practicing Christian, whatever that might mean to you, it may not mean anything. There are lots of people who are atheists. There are lots of people who are agnostics, uh, and I respect all of them. You know, um, I don't think that religion is, as principle, the the greatest thing in the world. I'll, I'll be nice and leave it like that. We know so how much bloodshed that has caused, how much abuse and violence and pain that has caused, or under the in uh, you know uh, in the name of organized religion. I'm not even going to mention particular ones. You know the you can just think about what I'm alluding to. Um, but the, the the those two words are key: patience and faith, or patience and optimism. I'll make that the word instead, because faith may be a flashpoint of. Uh, disagreement amongst some. Optimism and patience. This is really what this all comes down to now. And I know they say faith sees best in the dark and I, look, I know I went back to that word faith. But look, this is going to happen. And in true 2020 style, it would be fitting that it would drag out like this, right? I mean, but the point is, is that I am very confident that when this is all said and done in the next day or so, maybe longer, you're going to have a new president elect. You're going to. And then we'll go from there to talk about other things like the campaigns, how they were run, the messaging and I've alluded to some of it, but I will talk about that in greater detail. Again, I've already hit on the voter aspect and the lie that the corporate news media is telling as if it's, oh, black people didn't turn out when black people did turn out and were the most vocal opponents of this racism and this fascism, the most vocal opponents of it, overwhelmingly were black women and black men in second place behind them. So it puts paid to the lie that is being told in so, on social media among some. Um, you know, there's this fantasy among some white progressives who would have you believe that the reason why, oh, that this vote wasn't as robust was because Joe Biden was not the one who offered these things. Bernie did. And Bernie, because Bernie offered them and Joe Biden didn't, that's the You know, some again. I've talked about this before. There are some white progressives that, in my mind, if I closed my eyes, they would sound like Trump supporters without the anger issue, with the anger management issue included. I mean, it's just monstrous. And some of these, for anyway, I don't want to go down that road because that's just another road altogether. You know, very few of these people. Some of them. Well, I shouldn't say very few. There are some in that community who will not say anything about race, racism or racial justice or the meaning of whiteness and what that system of whiteness does. They will never talk about that, but they'll always talk about economics, all the economics of things. Bernie's one of them. I supported Bernie. I voted for him twice in the primaries. That's one of my biggest problems with him. But because I have problems with him, it doesn't mean I can't vote for him because he stands for all these other things that I like. And that's what I said to people that I phone bagged with. You may have an issue with Biden here or there, but if you agree with the majority of what his agenda is or most of it, or understand that it's bigger than just yourself. Hey, between the choices you've got, you've got to cast your vote for Joe. You know, I had issues with Bernie. I had issues with some of the stuff he, he was saying. I openly you know not that he cares about what I have to tweet at him but I openly tweeted him and people who were close to his campaign and told them look told him you this is what you need to do you need to hire more black people you need to get people in uh, black people in the positions of power and and visibility not just your press secretary or communications person you have to have them in the in the war room with you you know that that fell on deaf ears. You know, and then you know I I, anyway. You know, and then you talk about race for two seconds, then pivot to economics. I'm sorry, mate. That's not working, mate. Not not now, not ever. And um, this nonsense about oh well, if if they'd picked Bernie, and I'm a Bernie supporter, saying this, I'm the one that slated Joe Biden months ago on this podcast, and rightly so. Joe Biden is problematic in a number of areas. And you can go listen back to those podcast episodes where I've talked about all this. So, I mean, the issue now is getting this count finished, which it will happen. It's going to take time. Better to be slow and careful than to rush it and ram it through. Sound familiar? Supreme Court. That's what they want. Ram this through, right? Oh, oh count, count, oh, count. Oh. You wait. It takes time. And what you should be doing, instead of standing in front of Maricopa County's voting building, is you should be standing in front of Mitch McConnell's office. You should be standing in front of Republican state legislature's buildings. And what you should be doing, instead of storming the Blooming Lansing Capitol, State Capitol building in Michigan and threatening to kill a governor... What you should be doing is standing in front of these Republican friggin' buildings of these state legislatures in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, especially Pennsylvania and Michigan, but particularly right now, Pennsylvania. And you should be saying, Why did you slow this countdown? Why did you vote to slow this down? Why would you refuse to have counts of these early ballots and these mail in ballots before Election Day? Why did you refuse? That's what you should be doing. Instead of standing in front of a building of your guns, waving your your flag and your Trump flag and threatening people. Disgusting. You've got human beings in there counting, some of them in their 80s, 70s. Elderly people counting these votes diligently. And we should give credit, by the way, to all of these volunteers who are busting their hump, getting no sleep or very little, and doing this for the country. If you believe in the country, Mr. Trump supporter, Madam Trump supporter, if you believe in that follower, cult member, then why the hell aren't you thanking these volunteers for counting these votes? Why aren't you doing that? Why are you instead pounding on doors in Detroit? Pounding on the glass. Making a spectacle in a scene for TV. For Trump's reality TV Nuremberg Network. Why is it that you are not thanking them? You're this patriot. You can have a million American flags. It does not make you patriotic. You can be as patriotic as you want. But that means that you've got to respect the democratic process. That's a part of patriotism. That means you've got to wear a mask. That is patriotic, especially in a country where over 240 million people are dead, thanks to your dear leader who murdered them. Oh, oh no, he didn't murder them, Omar. Oh, he didn't do that. Oh my God, how can you say such a thing? It was their comorbidities that did it. There's going to be a lot of work we are going to have to do. And these evil, mendacious individuals, cult members, are not going to go away. They may get a little quieter, or maybe not, but they will not disappear from the American fabric because they never have. You go to Madison Square Garden in the 1930s and 40s, And you see that Nazism in this country has been here for a hot minute. So do not be disillusioned about that. This is real. It's very real and it's very serious. Be careful out there. Be careful. You can't even walk around with a Biden Harris pin on because you're afraid. You're afraid that you're gonna get spat on or someone's gonna accost you? Or try to pull your mask off? Or try to do this or that, threaten you? You can't wear a Biden Harris I mean, I don't this doesn't apply to me personally, uh, but you can't wear a Biden Harris t shirt. You can't put your sign out there because you think it's gonna get ripped down, although I've seen many signs here in San Francisco. No one's defacing them here. But we've had situations here. People with uh, swords. MAGA hat. People with swords. Now I'm not advocating that somebody knock the hat. The MAGA hat off someone's head. Maybe you might be. I'm not advocating that you should knock a guy's hat off his head. That says that on it. But my goodness. You you respond to your hat being knocked off your head. By pulling out a sword. And attacking somebody. Somebody. That happened here in San Francisco two years ago, by the way. You can go and look that up. The gory details are in the story, if you dare read that story. But I guess, the again, the final thing I want to leave you with on this episode, after listening to that speech by Joe Biden yesterday, and I'm sure he may even give another speech before this day is done. The count is going on. It is open and transparent. There are counts in a number of these states and counties that you can see online live as they are happening. Secretary of State of Pennsylvania, Kathy Bookvar, had explained that yesterday, that you can go on their website and see the count happening live on your webcam, on your website, on the website. It can be seen. So this nonsense about, oh, the the ballots are not being counted and they're being thrown away and we found... This is all a propaganda campaign by the Trump people. The lies, the avalanche of lies and propaganda and gaslighting the fascistic behavior of these people. That's what they're doing. So ignore that garbage. Ignore that garbage. That's the fascism that those mostly white voters voted for. Overwhelmingly, I mean, this is a... You know, again, yet again, a Democratic presidential nominee does not win the majority of the white vote in this country. And that's been so for 30 plus years. 30 years plus. Whatever it is, it's 30 years or so, something like that. The point is, is that that's despicable. Yeah, I know, people can vote the way they want to. I'm not saying that people can't vote the way they want to. I have some problems with people who do write-ins when you've got an election like this. And I would love to see how many write-ins there were. I don't think there were that many. And third-party votes. When you've got the country burning down like this, you've got climate change um, out of control, you've got all this stuff happening, you still vote third-party, you still vote for Trump? Really? Give me a break. Yeah, I I will criticize that. I'm not going to make a personal attack on you, but I will criticize that just like you might criticize me for voting for Joe Biden. I will criticize that because, I mean, that means you care less about the planet. It really does. How would you vote for a third party person? How a libertarian? Oh, my God. They want no regulations. Libertarians don't care. They would love for the environment to just fall apart like it is. What they, they, libertarians never loved, never liked. They were never kissing cousins with regulations. Regulations and libertarians? Look at Rand Paul. That bloomin' guy tested positive for the virus. Didn't realize it at the time. I mean, he, it revealed later that he had. I, no, actually, he friggin' knew. And he swam in a Senate pool, in a swimming pool, a cesspool. Spreading his virus. He doesn't want regular he's a big time libertarian. He doesn't want regulation. You can't vote for people like this. Well, I guess you can. You can do anything you want. You can vote for the crap on the bottom of your shoe if you want. But I just want to just leave you with this. I really do. We're going to win this thing. We're going to win this thing. And the Senate ain't out of reach either, by the way. We're not going to know until January now about the status of the Senate. We could potentially have three runoff races. South Carolina's getting closer. I don't know what their rules are, but that's a potential runoff or rerun. You have the Georgia Senate race, the so called jungle primary race that did become a Runoff, and it's going to happen on January 5th. That's between Reverend Warnock and Senator Kelly Leffler. And you have the current race between David Perdue and John Ossoff or Ossoff. And that one looks like it's going to be a re a runoff too, because David Perdue's t- total is going to head beyond below 50%. If it's not already there, I think it's already under 50% right now. So they're going to be at least two, if not three runoffs, minimum of at least two. And all the Democrats have to do is win one of those two races in Georgia or one of the three races if South Carolina becomes a runoff as well. I don't know what the rules are again, but if it is potentially a runoff, if it is a runoff, that's three races. So that by the end of January or before the term begins, we will find out if the Democrats have controlled the Senate or not, because they've already won two. One of them has not been officially called or confirmed yet, at least by um, pretty much anybody. You know, Mark Kelly will join. When all is said and done, Mark Kelly will join John Hickenlooper in the Senate and the Repub- and the Democrats need one more pickup from a Republican seat to control the Senate. That's not going to, we're not going to know about the status of that until January However, again, and we know, I know it's very disappointing that they didn't do this on election night, the last night of the election. Anyway, please keep the faith. (laughs) Uh, Please stay optimistic. Yes, it's anxious. It's still anxious. It's still, you're still nervous, still worried. Uh, All these shenanigans by the Trump folks, I get it. You know, definitely understand that. But keep in mind that we are going to win this thing. And it's going to happen sooner than you think. Be well and be safe. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.